Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 191, Comic Books. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play a message from a mystery caller. It comes from the summer of 1990 and is four seconds long. Let's listen. Like the comic books. Although I said in my introduction that the caller was a mystery, in reality, I believe the voice is a frequent podcast contributor, Benjamin Evans, who says on the message he wants to come by and get those comic books. In fact, I distinctly remember selling Ben an old comic book that summer. But I want to give Ben a little vacation from the podcast and take this opportunity to talk about my comic book collection. Growing up, I was into comics as much as the next kid. For Christmas one year, I remember receiving Origins of Marvel Comics, the 1974 paperback that collected the origin stories of Marvel heroes such as Spider-Man and Hulk. At the same time, I had little understanding of comic books as valuable artifacts. When I acquired a comic book, I often read it multiple times until the pages and covers were dog-eared and close to falling apart. Beyond the Origins book, I never developed a deep interest in any particular characters. Rather, my collection arose haphazardly, containing items that were perhaps bought by my mom for a car trip or by my grandparents during a summer visit. In fact, many of my comic books contained characters that parents felt comfortable letting young children read, such as Donald Duck, Dennis the Menace, or Richie Rich. Of course, comics began as entertainment for children with their introduction to newspapers at the end of the 19th century. In the early 20th century, publishers began to reprint collections of popular comic strips in books with cardstock covers marketed to parents as a way to keep kids amused during school breaks. The first publication to resemble a modern comic book was a 16-page all-newsprint tabloid from Dell Publishing called The Funnies that printed 36 issues between 1929 and 1930. But it was in 1934 that Dell collaborated with Eastern Color to produce issue number one of Famous Funnies, often described as the first true comic book. Superheroes emerged a few years later in series like Action Comics and Detective Comics, and were directed at a slightly older, more sophisticated audience. After World War II, some superheroes' titles were replaced by Western, Romance, and Horror genres. But juvenile titles, which focused on humor, continued to thrive. 
One of the most influential was Walt Kelly's Pogo, introduced in 1941 through Dell's Animal Comics. While the swamp-based characters' goofy antics appealed to children, they also mocked contemporary politics in a way adults could appreciate. Another comic series that conveyed multi-level meanings was Donald Duck. First published by Dell in 1941 and written by Carl Barks, who, like Kelly, was a Disney animator, the misadventures of Donald and his web-footed family often satirized the American rags-to-riches story. In the 1950s, Hank Ketchum's Dennis the Menace continued to reveal the potential for kids' comics to contain subversive messages, as it took aim at suburban conformity. After a 1954 congressional hearing where violent comic books were tied to juvenile delinquency, the Comics Magazine Association of America created the Comics Code Seal of Approval for comic books deemed appropriate for children. The code basically eliminated the depiction of explicit violence and sex, forcing publishers to cancel crime and horror titles. This was the case for Harvey Comics, which shifted focus to child-friendly titles like Casper the Friendly Ghost, Little Lada, and Richie Rich. These characters were often depicted as misunderstood outsiders who resolve conflict through kindness. It was also during this time period that the most acclaimed child-oriented characters emerged on the newspaper comics page. Peanuts by Charles Schultz began publication in 1950. Over time, these comic strips were reprinted in a series of paperbacks published by Holt, Reinhardt, and Winston, many of which I remember having at home while growing up. Schultz somehow combined playfulness with existential reflection, and considering he grew up in St. Paul, where he went to my high school, I could especially identify with his band of misfits. While I never lost my love of peanuts, my interest in comic books faded once I reached high school. So my collection was stored in a ratty cardboard box and pushed to the back of my bedroom closet. I might have tried to sell them at some point, but was told most were worthless because of their poor condition. The one comic book I tried to preserve was the first edition of Man-Bat, an enemy of Batman that first appeared in 1970. The anti-hero received his own series in 1976, but it only lasted two issues. I believe this was the item that Ben was interested in purchasing. And I will certainly ask him this in a future episode. 
However, that's enough comic relief for today. If you think I should be a comic book character, contact me at my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.